Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Hope all is good with you. We had Siobhan uh, with us earlier in the week, the the weather woman, and I I loved my conversation with her. but I've looked at the forecast for the next number of days. It's really good, folks. It is. It is. I think I'll get the lawnmower out tomorrow for the first time this year. I have to. I had a look at the grass front and back today on my way out. Oh, it'll have to come out tomorrow. It's going to hold off till March. I always try to. But I know no people got the grass all year round. Fair juice to them. But I retire the more Octoberish, maybe early Octoberish time. And I try not to take it out again till March. But by God, it needs a haircut at the moment. With a high blade, of course, and a high uh, cut on it. Never Never skin it because you're going to just encourage weeds and moss. That's a gardening lesson for today anyway. Anyway, the more will be out tomorrow. The more will be out tomorrow. PJ will be out with the more tomorrow. Cutting the grass left, right and centre. It needs to be wigged for sure. Welcome to the show this Friday afternoon. Lots coming up. Our usuals are here. My top five countdown. The number one. I absolutely love it today. We have your TV theme to identify with a lovely prize. And we have a great comedy classic for you too. And wine. Books and sport. What a Friday on late lunch. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text gets directly to us here in studio. Now, today is a poignant day for the people of Ukraine, the people of the world, people of the world who believe in justice and peace and freedom because it is the first anniversary, as you know, of the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. And it's been... An awful year. It really has. All the lives lost, the uh, movement of people out of Ukraine, the people who remain there, resolute, the fighting on the front lines. My, oh my, did we ever think in Europe we'd see these days again. But it is a reality. A year has gone by. And I'm delighted to welcome back to the show someone we've talked to periodically since the war began. She's a fantastic lady. She's been out there as well with aid to her home country. She wor- she's working from Ireland. She's rescued her mum and her granny as well, who are living with her now. Luba Healy, welcome back to Late Lunch. Thank you so much for having me again. Not at all, Luba. How are you feeling today? It's a mixed feelings, and I have to say my hands probably wasn't um, a minute then they weren't shaking today because I still can't believe a year on the not further. Um, I think Ukraine as a country showed to everyone that they are strong and they so willing and they say so determined. But um, year on, they worse than ever at the moment, especially for people who there, who is um, stuck in the middle. Um, I'm the one of the privileged people who was able to um, thank you to all Irish people again who helped us to get um, my little family out from there. And as um, today, my mom adopting quite okay and she missed home dearly. Nana, in another uh, hand, she safe. A year ago, I was texting every two, three hours to check on them. Are they okay? Are they safe? Are they alive? So um, today when I wake up, I know where they are. they safe. But home is home. And Nana would ask every single day um, as we're over. 
She dreamed to come back to her home and lie on the granddad's bed. And she said, oh, would I want to take my last breath there in my land when I, where I spent my 99 or 100 years uh, working. And it's hard to see mm. and hard to digest that this genocide not stopping. I can only imagine how she feels. And she turned 100. I want to congratulate her, Nana Galina. Uh, it's a fantastic age. But all she wants, even at 100 years of age, uh, Luba, is to go back home. Yes. Yes. Every single day she would ask um, uh, ask me, is war over? Uh, and when we come back. Um, suppose, like everybody else, she, she feels that she lives... Um, with us, it's home, but it's not her home. Mm. Yeah. And uh, we 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 so happy to have them around, and um, we are privileged again. We're privileged to be able to look after them. But a lot of people out there who can't do that, who worry about their loved ones, and um, that wouldn't go away mm. unless this war will stop. Yes. And your mum the same. Your mum has that desire as well. You know, home is home, as you said uh, a few moments ago. What do you hope for the year ahead? Obviously, everyone hopes this war will stop. What will stop it, Luba? What What can Ukraine... Ukraine is defending itself, defending its territory, its land. What will end this war? What end this war, uh, it's unity. I think just Europe has to be stronger, uh, we have to we have to completely close the air nature that's only that's only an answer so so much ukrainian people can do if they can't um they can't go to russian territory they have a lot of help from other countries but they're not allowed to fire this fire that as you you can read from uh, newspapers um they just, I think, they stop. They stuck in the middle, mm. unless unless all Europe gets together uh, and help and help really help to stop because we all affected, uh, regardlessly. Uh, look what's happened in Ireland as well. Uh, a lot of people stuck in the middle. They can't come back. They can't stay. No accommodation. No uh, no work. No this. No that. If war stopped, a lot of Ukrainians would like to come home mm. to re- rebuild their country and continue on their lives. And that's a point, a, a very important point to make, that people are here fleeing war and they are very grateful, I know, for what, and you said it at the beginning there, what Irish people have done uh, for them. But the, nobody wants to be away from the home. Nobody wants to be displaced forever. People want to go back. That is their aim to go back. And, you know, you've got to be, you know, life is about a roof over your head, your friends and family around you, a job, hopefully, and, and peace. Peace, that's all most people desire and want in this life. Um, what are you hearing from, you know, you, you obviously still have a lot of contacts over there. You said to me it's very difficult. It must be very difficult on the front line. But away from the front line, say, in Kiev and more inland in Ukraine, is life anyway normal? What, what can you tell us about that? Uh, yes, I do have a lot of uh, friends. And uh, judged by our last trip when we uh, came back to Ukraine with eight fantastic volunteers and again... I'm forever thankful Irish people who uh, help us with the first aid that we delivered and wheelchairs and medical supplies and everything else being divided there. It's a little drop, but people never stop from Ukraine saying thank you for what you have done. Mm. Of course, every single day I receive in text messages and phone calls with, can you help more? Can you help more? Yeah. And it's it's one day they a little bit closer to um, peace. A lot of people came back, Jared. Yeah. Came back and 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 they said it is what it is, and we gonna keep our heads down and we're gonna stay there. And they stay there, staying there. It's it's hard. They find prices 
go up. Suppose it's a war, a delivery is not common. It's a lot of poverty, especially um, especially children and elderly who can't move closer to um, points that you can get stuff. It's it's worse than ever. Mm. It's so, worse than ever. So no matter whether you're near the front line or ever in Ukraine, and it's quite obvious, people are impacted, as you say, you know, it's a war, a fierce war situation as well. But yet people are trying to get on with their lives. I hear what you're saying and do the very best uh, they can. Um, You know, we all wish for peace and yet there doesn't seem to be any movement towards it, although they're talking today about the Chinese making recommendations to both sides. Do you ever see a compromise? You know, Russia have a lot of territory in the east. Will Ukraine ever compromise on that? Or must Russia leave that territory for Ukraine to negotiate? No, I wouldn't say so. They would never compromise. It would never compromise because it would be end of our culture, Ukraine. It's, it wouldn't be censored. How many lives been um, given away and taken from people? There would be no sense. So that is, a, is, as Zelensky keeps saying, you know, uh, the restoration of the integrity of Ukraine territorially is a, a non-negotiable from his point of view. I hear what you're saying as well a minute ago and what you say there. Europe, like, like you've got big backing from Europe and from America as well. Are you worried that that will wane, you know, as this goes on into the second year? Is that your concern? It, it, would, it, 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 it is massive concern because it will... People get tired. People uh, tired to talk about uh, negativity and talking about war. War now, it's, it's on the second page. Uh, people need something uh, to keep them going. Mm. They need a motivation. And yes, that's what Zelensky wants. It. He, he wants the territory back. He wants, it. He wants to have the whole territory back uh, because it's not only one year. Jerry, it's nine years, uh, nine years since uh, Ukrainians fighting for uh, freedom. And if Ukraine not stick to it, Moldova would be next, mm. Poland would be next, mm. Finland wouldn't be next. Yes. And what, what's then? We will be, we not far from it. Mm. And uh, that was, that's what, what's important to keep your head down and reach the goals. No, we Ukrainians didn't want the war. They want freedom. Mm. They want freedom and they want to come back to their lives again. They want to come back to their lives. They don't want to be all over Europe scattered. Yes. And, and live who knows where. With, and year on, year on and as we say we're not further on and how long it's going to be going on we don't know but we hope we hope that it will finish as soon as um, as soon as we get together again and again and get more help and if there are people who can help please do mm. That would be very welcome. Yes, and you are still supporting and still helping and still in touch, I know as well, uh, from Ireland here, helping uh, back home too. And we wish you well with that. You've done a fantastic job in your own way from Trim in County Mead uh, with rescuing your own family and uh, that convoy that went over all that stuff as well and continually in contact and supporting too. You're you're really great, Luba, I have to say. Look, thanks for joining me on this day. I know it's a very emotional day for you and for your family as well. We're thinking of you all and we all yearn that peace that you talk about to us today. Take care of yourself, Luba. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks a million. Thank you for having us. Not at all. Take care. Bye-bye. It's Luba Healy there in Trimmond County Meath. And it's a year since Russia invaded Ukraine. And of course, you will hear that there are two sides to every story and we get the Western angle on it. And of course, the Russian people just get one angle on it. You can see that for sure as well. But 
the bottom line is that Russia went across the border and invaded another country, an independent country. And you hear Luba saying there, people in Ukraine want their freedom. And I've had this conversation with friends of mine recently as well. And there's lots of conspiracy theories out there about the way this world is and the balance of power and who is what and what they control. But the basic thing is this in my book, and perhaps it's a simplistic way to look on life, but I look in life like this, that in life people want food on the table, we want a roof over our heads, we want to rear our families, if we're blessed with families, to have a job and to enjoy our lives. Because life is short, it's very short, it really, really is, it goes by in an instant. And I think everybody, no matter where you live, or what culture you're from, or what creed you are, basically have that desire. And when I hear people talking about, you know, conspiracy theories, and I look at the likes of North Korea, I look at China, I look at Russia again. Russia has regressed from the Berlin Wall came down and the whole thing collapsed there and the small countries got their independence. What happened there? You know, they've gone back again. And I just say again, as somebody who believes in democracy and I live in a capitalist system, for all its warts and all, I don't want to be part of that other stuff. It's as simple as that. It's just my little take on it today on the anniversary of the war. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called... Comedy? Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. Yes, let's lighten the load on late lunch today and have our Friday comedy feature. I've been watching reruns of The Vicar of Dibley. I just love it. It's a classic comedy series. So today, with it in mind, I bring you one of the highlights of the show because at the end of each show, as you know, Geraldine Granger, the vicar, tells a joke to our ditzy verger, Alice Thinker. Here's a couple that I particularly enjoyed. So, three nuns get killed in a car crash. Oh, dear. Yeah, and they get up to heaven. Of course. And Peter's at the gates and he says, I'm afraid you're going to have to answer a question before you can come in. Oh. Mm. So he says to the first one, don't worry, the questions are very easy. What was the name of the first woman? And she says, Eve. And he says, yeah, you're in. So he says to the second one, where did Eve live? Oh, yes, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she says, Garden of Eden. And he says, yeah, you're in. You. And he says to the third one, which was the mother superior, mm. I'm afraid the question's going to have to be a little bit more tricky for you. Well, fair enough, because... Yeah, obviously. Mm. And uh, he says to her, what did Eve say when she first saw Adam? And the mother superior says, oh, that's a hard one. He says, yeah, you're in. <laughs> well, she hasn't answered the question. Pardon? She hadn't answered the questions. So. How do you mean? Well, you let her in and she didn't know what yeah, it was. Yeah, it just doesn't difficult. work, does it, as a joke? Yeah, yeah. just that end bit yeah. the jig. Yeah, well, I'm going to send it back anyway. Stupid, that one. Don't be so childish, Gerald's way. <laughs> a boy is born with no body, no arms, no legs. In fact, it's just a head. Oh, shame. Yeah, but his dad loves him. Oh. And on his 18th birthday, he takes him down to the pub for his first pint and he takes a sip and suddenly, whoosh, out plops his torso. No! Yeah. And everyone in the bar says, go on, take another sip. So he does. And suddenly, whoosh, out plop his two arms. People say alcohol is so bad for you. They are so wrong. <laughs> yeah. So he takes his third sip and suddenly, whoosh, plop his two legs and he's so excited that he runs out into the street straight into the path of an oncoming truck and bang he's killed instantly and the barman says to his dad that boy should have quit while he was ahead <laughs> how'd you get it <laughs> that is the saddest story ever <laughs> Just when he gets a body, he dies. Right. If only he hadn't gone to the pub. That head could have lived for years. It's just a joke, Alice. It's no joke to his father. He's just lost his son. There is no son. No, not anymore. He's squashed under a truck. Alice, it's a joke because the characters are fictitious 
and the story is an invention and the somewhat tasteless comedy derives from a play on words involving the noun, ahead, and an adverb, ahead. Can we go on our honeymoon now? I've just um, got to kill her. <laughs> the brilliant Dawn French with the late, great Emma Chambers there who played the part of Alice Tinker, the Verge of the Vicar of Dibley. Your comedy on Friday. Time to talk books on late lunch. And uh, our guest today, well, she just loves her books. She's a bookworm. I know she won't mind me saying that. And she's bringing us her best recommendations for the end of this second month of the year. I'm delighted to say hello again from Academy Books, Irene Gahan. Hello, Irene. Hi, Jerry. How are you? And Crunchy, it's Friday. Ah, oh, <laughs> it's the best day of the week by a mile, I Irene. I love being called a bookworm. You are, and you're fantastic, and you just know so much about them. Well, well, let's get to business here. Your book of the month this month is a high flyer in the bestsellers charts. Yes, it is. So, My Father's House with Joseph O'Connor. So, and why why is it uh, selling so well? What is the, the the essence of this book that makes it so popular, Irene? I don't know. I think it's the fact that it's inspired and based on a true story. Um, Joseph Connor, he wrote Shadow Play. He's he's quite a, a he's a beautiful writer. Mm. Um, and I think this is fact. This is based on true story. We haven't had a book from him. I think maybe for three years. Um, and this is the first in a trilogy. Um, and he's so good at writing historical fiction. But it's this is set in Rome, um, 1943, um, and the Nazis have basically taken over um, Italy. Um, sorry, taken over Rome. Um, and I think it's just the, the time it's set in, and the fact there's an Irish link. And it's so historical. Um, I think this is just, it's flying off the shelves. I mean, mm. it was one of our most pre-ordered books. Um, and that's saying something um, coming, on the, coming, coming on the tales of Spare. But we won't, we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is this priest, Hugh O'Flaherty, as you say, the Nazis have taken over Rome. And this man is involved in saving lives. Yeah, so he basically, the Allied um, forces and diplomats and kind of prisoners are escaping to essentially what is the Vatican, which is a state in itself. Mm. So he's basically trying to get them all out, get them through, get them all out to safety. But of course, there's going to be a, a, a nemesis in there or a, a, some in there somewhere. So the German commander, and I'm terrible at pronouncing German, but Hamfums, <laughs> they're playing like a cat and mouse, a cat and dog kind of chase with seriously high stakes all the way around Rome and the descriptions of Rome, I love Rome and the descriptions of the kind of high stakes getting everybody in and getting everybody out um, are obviously quite serious so there's um, I kind of, I love the descriptions though he, he, the book opens and they're explaining that obviously 1943 there's not a lot of food so the Irish diplomats kind of adopt Irish people as we do everywhere in the world in Rome um, to basically feed them um, and then the whole idea of all these people then coming out of the woodwork so they they basically they set up a, a choir um, under the kind of auspices of we're going to have a concert and this is our choir but actually we're going to manage to get them all out mm. so he rescued I mean it's based on a true story he, he managed to save the lives of an awful lot of um, allied prisoners and an awful lot of Jews during World War Two. but the thing I like about Joseph O'Connor is he this, I love the descriptions I mean there's one line which I just laughed out loud and it wasn't a good idea because it was on a train and he said he'd bored the snot off a wet horse <laughs> And I just, la- I was sitting on a train reading and I just laughed out loud and people were kind of looking at me like, <laughs> One of those lines that just uh, evokes a reaction. Yeah, but absolutely. As you say, out. with O'Connor, like he, he does blend fact and fiction here. As you say, it yeah. is factual, but he, he is, he's, yeah. he's a, a master at this, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, his last book, Shadow Play, was basically um, about, uh, you know, the, the Shadow Play was beautiful story as well. And it's kind of, he, he writes historical fiction. So there is kind of a elements of, um, you know, elements of fact in there. And there's, you know, obviously, it, you know, it's historical, it's fiction as well. Yeah. He blends both things very, yes. very nice, very, very nice. And it's a, it is a great story. And it's quite tense. And, you know, nothing's necessarily going to go, you know, smoothly. But it is a serious subject. But... 
it's light-hearted at two, even in the middle of all that danger. But, um, you know, he the, this priest comes out, obviously, as, I mean, he he was from Kerry and he was assigned as a Monsignor Hugh O'Flaherty um, because he was a priest and admin, so that's his title. But it, it's very, the characters are lovely. The characters are really well-rounded and I love the, the voices that he puts on each of the characters are, is, is absolutely lovely. But I really, really, really recommend it. Um, and it's selling, like it's, you know, it's, it's, selling like hotcakes as they say yeah my father's house by joseph o'connor is irene gahan's book of the month on late lunch this month let's move on to your next uh, selection and sadly this is a posthumous release from lucinda riley isn't it it is yeah lucinda riley passed away last year and um, she was in her 50s um, it was terribly sad but she was the author of the Seven Sisters trilogy, which um incredibly popular. But she had an awful lot more standalone books as well. But super, super popular. I mean, it, it's the one book, one set of books that we'd always have in. Um, and her her new one is coming out now at the, in April, and it's kind of the wrap up of all of the Seven Sisters series. Um, but her son Hugh Whittaker has taken over to had taken over to finish the book after she passed away. But this one's quite poignant in the sense that it's the only crime book she ever wrote. So she wrote this when she started writing in 2006. So she only started writing quite late um, and she wrote it when her kids were young. So this was a crime book, um, but it is a crime book and it's not a crime book. So Murders at Fleet House, House, it's very much like her other books, but there's a murder. <laughs> Yes. Um, and basically, it's it was published last year, and the paperback version of it has come out. And it's based around um, very strong um, detective inspector uh, Jasmine Jazz Hunter. Um, she's had a t- terrible year when we kind of meet her, and she's resigned and moved to Norfolk. But there's been a murder. Well, there's been a death at a local boarding school in a very well-to-do boarding school. Um, and they're not sure what's going on. So they basically kind of say to her, look, go and investigate and, and, and see what you think. And it turns out that it wasn't just a death, it was a murder of a student who was a bully. <sighs> so then all of it starts unravelling. Um, so there's another death. The bodies are piling up. <laughs> but the characters are all linked in very, very odd ways. Um, and it's, a, it's a lovely book. I read the first half of it in 24 hours I couldn't put it down there was no food there was no there was nothing done in the house <laughs> it's fabulous and it's like her other books it's incredibly readable um, and you just plough through the story and in your head you can imagine you're nearly watching a BBC series or you know kind of like Murder at Downton Abbey but set in kind of a in a, in a boarding school scenario yes. um, and it's very much um, sort of you know all the characters are linked um, and there's uh, Sins of the Father kind of scenarios going in there but I have to say absolutely loved it twists and turns are brilliant couldn't wouldn't have wouldn't have come up with them um, and I love my crime as you know yep so it's not a, it's soft rather than hard kind of crime it's mm. very character driven and I would seriously recommend it and it's actually quite light even though it is crime there you go The Murders at Fleet House by Lucinda Riley and if Irene Gahan couldn't put it down for 24 hours <laughs> I'd be rushing out and getting that book to be honest with you you won't be disappointed now your final pick this month is The Colony by Audrey McGee this is a fascinating book yeah, and this is the reason why I put that off from from last month to this month because I really wanted to enjoy it. I don't have you read it yourself? Oh, it's a it terrific yet? book. Yes, it's an yeah. absolute terrific book, and I don't want to give too much away about it. But yeah, it, and I don't want to give too much away. So basically, um, and I really wanted to savor it as opposed to feeling like it was homework. You know that kind of yeah. way. I really wanted to enjoy it. So it's set in 1979 in a fictitious island in the west of Ireland. And the undertones are, uh, you know, the underton- there's an undertone of colonialism, obviously, in there as well. But it's mm. quite a turbulent time um, in Irish history across the board. But we're kind of open and basically uh, Mr. Lloyd, um, an Englishman, is arriving um, by Kirk, because he saw it in the picture, uh, <laughs> to the island. Uh, and he has some island. journey on that Kirk, I can tell you. Oh, Go on. I tell yeah. you, yeah. But, I mean, you, you, I would have turfed him overboard. I <laughs> so would I. I wouldn't have put up with his rubbish. <laughs> but he's insisting on coming across in the Kirk, and he complains the whole way over. Um, and he, it's quite interesting, the, the characters in it. I mean, he sees himself as, I'm coming over to paint the island, and 
Um, but actually, he starts painting the islanders, even though he promises he wouldn't do it. Um, so it's quite, and he's very, um, oh, you know, you're just, you know, you're, you're just an islander. What would you know? She so don't even know English. And the islanders are in, in like kind of laughing at him under behind, you know, you spent a lot of money to come here now. You know, they're kind of laughing at him in some ways, but he's been very, um, I mean, other than the fact he's incredibly cantankerous and I, I just, mm. if he was mine, I just chucked him off the, mm. <laughs> I just sent him home, you know. Yes. Um, but it's beautifully written um, and he's just, he, it's, it, some of it's very, very uncomfortable reading, the way he speaks down, mm. you know, how his narrative is and how he speaks down to people and they're kind of putting him in his place at every, nearly every phrase, mm. you know, they're kind of putting him in his place. But then we have to add in the French French chap that arrives, Jean-Pierre Manson, who loves the language and really protective of the culture and the, and, uh, you know, and the islanders. Um, but they're both in their own ways, still trying to force their will, you know, on, nearly on each other and the island itself as yes. well. So it, it's very sing-song in parts and quite poetic, which I really, really enjoyed. And I didn't think I would like it, but I knew there was something special about it. Um, but I did kind of get myself, I did find myself getting sort of annoyed at these interlopers, interlopers thinking that they knew best. <laughs> yes, for the island itself. I have a couple of comments on it that I thought. I She brings in the troubles in the north into yeah. the book and I don't really see the purpose of that and I know it's of the time as you said that was yeah. just an observation of mine and it got a little bogged down when you know the the uh, English guy there he was thinking about you know himself and uh, why he was there and that a little bit heavy there in parts but overall Irene um, Loved it. <laughs> it's a really good book it really is it is and yeah. you can see why it was shortlisted for the booker yes, yes. Um, last year you can absolutely yeah. see why it, I really 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 enjoyed it and no doubt we will get to that uh, we will get to it on book club at some point um, in Academy Books but definitely uh, it's definitely one for the, for the list one that you have to have read yeah and uh, as well you did write because it, you needed to finish it and uh, see it through to the end which you have done now it's called The Colony by Audrey McGee it's it's a, a terrific book too and it's available at the moment. Academy Books, you have all the books we talked about today there. I do indeed, and absolutely. Lots more, lots more besides. Anyway, you're great and thank you so much uh, for uh, reading all those books for us and making your recommendations. We'll be talking to you soon, Irene. Absolutely. Happy Friday. You too. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful Irene Gahan there from Academy Books, an independent bookstore on the south side of Drogheda. Support your local bookstores. I say it again because when they're gone, they're gone, as that famous radio advertisement says. And there's no good crying about spilt milk then. A bookshop, I think, is just a must in our communities for young people growing up to go and experience books and that as well. Long may they continue. Your TV theme, surely you know that one. One of the most popular and long-running TV series on TV. Come on, you must know it. By the way, Louise, now don't, you're not to give it away, but I'm back watching that particular show. You know I gave up and I told you why I gave up and I'll, when we replay it again, I'll tell you why. But I'm back watching it again. I really am and uh, loving it, loving it, I have to say. Now... I'm afraid to help my mouth in case no, no, <laughs> Let it Louise, slip. Louise, please. Do not say it. Do not say it. Not We're not going down that road again. Anyway. Brain chill. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... Don't listen to her. She's sending you off on a bum steer there. And that's what I said the last time. I know, time. I know you did. You gave it away. <laughs> I, uh, we played the Grange Hill bloody team and, and next thing she says, anyway, these mm. things happen. These things are the, the, the things that make people laugh about radio as well. It, it, it's just come out, hasn't it? The most popular boys and get... We were talking about names. Yeah, we, we were. were. talking about names recently yeah. on Late Lunch and out it comes ago, today. Yeah, yeah. How names have it was this day week we were talking about evolved. it how names have evolved and some have lasted and stood the test of time well would you believe it today ironically the list has just come out the most popular boys and girls names in Ireland in 22 in uh, last year well I, I'll just run through them the boys the boys at number 5 it's my top 5 countdown <laughs> of Christian names at number 5 with the boys is Charlie 4 Ian 3 James 2 Noah most popular name with boys is Jack it's, oh, uh, it's been Jack, Jack a long yeah, time. Yeah, and that's for 22. For the girls, at number five, Lily. Four, Sophie. Three, Fia. At number two, Grace. And the most popular girl's name in Ireland is Emily mm-hmm. uh, in 2022. Now, you have a 
bit more of a breakdown for uh, on me, August, on Lou. Yes. Uh, in Mead, um, the most popular boy's name was Jack. Mm. In Louth, it was Noah. Okay. And the girls in Mead, uh, Fia was the most popular name and it was Grace in Louth. There you go. So mm. the reverse yeah, sort of uh, boys and girls. So there you are, Jack and Noah, uh, the boys, uh, Mead, Louth and uh, the other way around, Fia and Grace uh, in mm. the two counties as well. Any unusual, you know, names making the grade this time or different names? What about, do they do surnames? No, no. They do surnames. Uh, well, according to just the key findings yes. from uh, the Central Statistics Office, yeah. uh, Murphy was the most common surname mm. for babies last year. Very good. Mm, so they are. It's still spud. <laughs> it's still <laughs> it's still holding its own spud. Yeah. Good to hear. And something yeah. in Galway City, the most popular boy's name was Mohammed. There you go. Mm. A real sign of the changing demographic of uh, people living in this country as well. There you are. It's all out and there's more besides. You can read it online. It's just appeared today. The most popular boys and girls names and in the country. The two fastest risers. Yeah. Names. Boys. Tomas. Yeah. Up 42 places since last year and uh, up to 77th place. And I I hope I'm pronouncing this right. I haven't heard of it for a girl's name. Ayla. Ifada Ayla. So that's jumped up 86 places. To 91st place on I can year. hear I can hear the top of the pops tune playing in my mind up to number 17 this week the biggest riser in the charts it's Tomas for the boys way up and rising high it's Ayla for the girls there you are you're getting it all on late lunch this afternoon anyway Rick Cronchy will be here shortly but ahead of Rick let's have a listen to a woman who's coming to Dublin shortly she's sold out shows right across Europe and the world she's back with a bang yes wonderful she is timeless and bringing us one of our big hits on late lunch today it's Miss Shania Twain and that don't impress me much I've known a few guys who thought they were pretty smart but you've got being right down Rick Cronje welcome back to late lunch good to see you you too, Jerry. I have ba- I have bad news for all of us, Rick. We were talking about the most popular baby names in Ireland. Neither right. Jerry, Rick, Louise. Louise looked. Most of the people's uh, Christian names in this radio station. We're not. We don't count anymore in the top popular list, Rick. Oh goodness me! We'll have to fix that. We, we'll have to do something about that for next year. <laughs> well, mind you, we have something to fix it with <laughs> we, now. We have on the table here. We'll give it a good go for sure. Welcome back to the show, and uh, just reminding listeners that we're comparing uh, grapes growing grown in the northern and southern hemispheres in this series with you. And today you've picked the Pinot Noir grape. Yes, Jerry. It's it's it had a bit of a a rocky up and down like. You know, like most other varieties, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Grigio, another one, you know. So, but yeah, it's always held its own. Um, it's it's a very different grape, of course. It's it's light-bodied uh, in its own way. And of course, uh, Burgundy in France is its uh, origins. Mm. Yeah, France is the origin, of course, of yes. this. And now it, it spread its wings across the world. An interesting point you made to me about this is that it's, you know, uh, when it's young, it's it's fruity. Uh, but as time moves on, if you keep it, it becomes really earthy. It does, Jerry. It does, and I. It, part of it is because, as I say, it's not a particularly strong grape uh, in its own way now. Um, but yeah, it has that phenomenon as it ages to to go over to that earthy mushroom mm. sort of uh, uh, flavours. Yes, yeah, which people yeah. adore too. And here's the other thing. I know you've mentioned this before on the show, but I want you just to uh, advise us again. Yes. You'll find it as a red, yes. a, a red wine, a rosé, yes. Yes. a white wine or a sparkling wine. Correct. Now, it's a red grape. Rick. It is a red grape, yeah, yes, and you have mutations of it, like the Pinot Blanc yes. and Pinot Gris. But yes, you're right, Jerry. Well, the important thing about that is all grapes, when you press them, the juice is clear. The colour uh, uh, comes from the contact with the skin, and the longer that contact, uh, the darker it is, and of course, then other factors come in, like wood, etc., etc. Yes. Yeah, but the important thing is 
all grape juice is clear, it's white, and it's the, the contact with the skin. That's how rosé comes in. So when it. you get that question, folks, on a quiz night, no excuses now. Rick has clarified. You get your answer right. That That's the, the reason for it. But when you talk about this grape as well, Pinot Noir, Pinot Gris, Pinot Blanc, mutations of the same grape, yes? Correct. Correct, Jerry. And, and the best way to explain it, if we remember the old onion, where it was just a white one we used to get, and now we've got a red one or pink, or I think it's a pink watermelon, I heard. So it's all mutations, and it's, it's just a little another factor they add into it, yes. And it's grown, as I said, all over the world, mm. northern, southern hemisphere. Uh, uh, but in particular, a few countries do grow it very successfully. So let's talk about your first wine today. And you've gone back to Jean-Baptiste in, in Navin, the winery. Great guy, great place. Fantastic. Walking encyclopedia mm. is, uh, Jerry, lovely service, beautiful setup there. <clears throat> now, they do wines from Italy, Spain, Portugal, and, of course, France. So no uh, northern, uh, um, uh, sorry, southern hemisphere yes. uh, wines in there. But uh, they do wine tastings, and he has some collection there, really, all from very small producers, boutique quality all the way yes if you're looking for something brilliant and different with wonderful advice give Jean-Baptiste a shout at the winery in Navin he'd be delighted to help you honestly Rick Rick and himself we couldn't get Rick out of the shop I heard that's the rumour anyway when they went over and they started talking wines (laughs) anyway let's talk (laughs) about the wine you uh, picked up from the winery yeah the the first one uh, as we say they're all Pinot Noirs 2020 very important uh, uh, Jerry the first one is Domain P Pinot Noir 2020 and a lovely uh, uh, wine uh, from that area there um, in the south of France of course is where it comes from between Toulouse and uh, Montpellier is the estate there and they have 130 hectares and it's all organically grown which is a big big uh, issue but they go way back to 2003 so well ahead of the pack yes now. yes they're growing organic since then yeah. let me yeah. have a little taste of that one and you can see it's lovely it's a light red isn't it look you look and it hold is. it up to yeah. the light no, there it, it is. is a light it, red it, it definitely is uh, jerry Oh, it's it, it's lovely. You know, I, I have a particular likeness for now. The big reds are great with you know the, yes, the, the, yes, the, yes. The, the, the the roast <laughs> and the beef, etc. What is in that? Is there a touch of cherry there? Yeah, there's a touch of cherry there. Maybe a bit of strawberry. I thought uh, somewhere in there as well. But Pinot Noir as a grape will be light. You can see that in the colour. It's smoky, is it? Yeah, it's got a touch there. I I Little. couldn't quite work that one out, mm. but it has something on it there. Mm. But that the the fruit definitely follows through on it. Um, and I, it, yes, it does. Yeah, it, it does. does. It does, Jerry. And it really more so when you have food with it does it come up yes. which we tried it really does stand out mm. then you know so what would you pair this one with a light uh, on the meat side jerry a duck or chicken pork a lovely mushroom uh, dish yes you know um because it it is light so you i think red meat you you could struggle it'd be too light for yes. it and this yeah. wine again is available in Navin from the winery Jean-Baptiste there it's from France the Languedoc region Domaine PY is the name on the label Pinot Noir 2020 1650 good price on that oh giveaway for that quality there you John. go there and you it go. is 2020 yes no, yeah. 2023 mm. no. it's been minded for three years yeah. so let's now go south on the globe and yeah. compare a Pinot Noir from the Southern Hemisphere. Yes. Where are you going with this one, Rick? Uh, we're going to uh, New Zealand, uh, Marlborough, uh, Villa Maria. Uh, that We need no introduction. Great there, name, Jerry. Rick. A great name, Jerry. Um, uh, just... Uh, this is now the seller selection we have to because they are other uh, they they have different ranges this is the seller uh, selection that i went for i uh, the other uh, range i didn't think was quite up to standard right 
Villa Maria, unfortunately, now is no longer in private hands. It's been taken over by one of the biggest contractors in the last year, unfortunately. But still, yes. you know, they, they grew from one hectare, basically, um, and they were producing over 20 million cases and, and just uh, massive, you yes. know. It got big and it got big, yeah. attractive to somebody else to come in. And, exactly. of course, the people themselves said, well, exactly. here you go. So this, yeah. again, is a 2020 Pinot Noir from Super Value this time. Yes, from Super Value, um, and it's uh, 21 uh, euro. But, right. Uh, yeah, which is... You're paying more for this one, but yeah, let's have a look. Yeah. It is a seller selection, which is a, it is. Which is a real, is. Uh, forgive the pun, yeah. selling point. The seller selection of is, of, of course. course. It is. Now, there's, there's definitely... That's darker, isn't it? There's a oh, darker... Oh, the colour straight away. Straight yeah, away, Jerry. Oh, much the darker. Colour, yeah. yeah, and... and um, it's it's a rule of thumb that I've learned over the years. If it's darker, you're probably going to get a stronger flavour off it. I really like it. Yeah, I I thought I it was really brilliant. like yeah. it. The fruit it jumps as the aftertaste of the fruit. Far more forward than yes. the previous one. Not as light from yes. the colour through to the fruit. Uh, even on the nose, straight away, this is going to be. You know it. Yeah. You, know, you do. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're going to be a bit closer to the fire with I'm this getting one. a great training here with you, I have to say, because I, I learned so much with you. And, and, and it is so true when you, you know, it's great to experience what you say, actually, yes. with yes, it in true. the glass. Oh, it's lovely, Rick. It's lovely. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And again, that'd do nice with a roast, wouldn't it? It will. Oh, definitely, Jerry. This one is. Definitely. It, it has that strength. It has that backbone. Even on the palate, it will tell you, you know. Could you pair, like, um, maybe even, would chicken be a bit? Chicken will go, but I think it might be a bit on the strong side. I, I, the red meat. I put beef and poultry. Yeah. Beef uh, would be my preference. Okay. Lovely, foremost. lovely, yeah. lovely. Again, just to remind you, super value, Villa Maria, seller selection. Very important. You must get that. The seller selection, Pinot Noir 2020, 21 euro. It is an absolute gorgeous wine. Now, you've decided while you're on the uh, Pinot Noir trail, you've gone for a non-alcoholic one as well. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we brought it in last time, uh, Jerry, and uh, it's not quite as easy to get as people think it is. Balancing with, you know, with the, the grape we're talking about. But uh, a drink store in Stony Batter, I, my old battleground there from about 20 years ago there, Jerry. <laughs> Richard, and, hello, Richard. We yeah, say hello to Richard at the drink brilliant. store in Stony Batter. You wouldn't have got this. He, he, uh, he made sent sure this out we got to it. you. Yeah, yeah, he it only today. had two bottles left and he made sure we got Thank one you. of them. Appreciate uh, great, it. Uh, yeah. Really appreciate um, it. And that's, of course, from uh, Germany, uh, the Rheinhau wine region. They would be more wrestling now yes. in there, Jerry, 80%. Yeah. But a uh, bit of history there. It's the late uh, uh, 0.5. Uh, it's called and late Johannes they go back to 1985 and they've been making you know alcohol free or 0.5 wines for many many years yeah so um, again you know uh, straight away when you look at it Jerry it'll be just the colour straight away you know it's yeah. much much almost see through yes, to be honest it is you. it's the lightest of the day yeah. but he, there's an interesting uh, story behind the de-alcohol of this wine, isn't yes, there? yes, Jerry. They use basically what happens is is what we call the distillation uh, method. Basically, it's just a bit of uh, pressure and temperature, very controlled, um, and that little bit of extra heat will uh, evaporize the uh, alcohol. It's a very delicate process because if you overcook it, that's the end of the batch. And people, the question people often ask is, why is there no difference in the price well as we explained the last time every step of the way is the same for mm. making wine it's just that final step in fact if you want to be technical it's an extra step to get the alcohol out, out. yeah and nothing to do with minimum alcohol pricing forget that that's got it's nothing not expensive this it. it's 12 euro not for this all, bottle Jerry. to be honest it's with you 12, when you look at yeah. it you know it's yeah. uh, from germany lights pinot noir and uh, again 12 euro let me tell you, I've just tasted it. It is completely different to the last two wines, as you yes. say. It's very tasty. It's yeah. lovely on the palate. It's, what can I say? It's nearly, it's refreshing. 
it is. You know, it, it certainly it is, is that. And it's it's a clean taste, if I'm saying that right. I don't know whether I'm saying it right, but... Mm. Now, I will say, it wouldn't have the depth of flavour of those two. No. And no, that's, that's just it. That's what no, it that's is. It. That's yeah. it. No, no, that is absolutely right, Jerry, because it's with the alcohol out of it, it just hasn't got that backbone. It's yeah. got nothing to carry it. And again, look on the back of the bottle. This will expire in February 25 mm. because there's nothing to preserve it, yeah, nothing so you to gotta carry drink it. it. You gotta but drink you're right. It, and, and, and the method they use is the closest you're going to get to preserve the fruit and the original flavors. Yeah. But it'll never match it. No. It's, it's not intended. Yes, it's a know. different animal altogether. Yeah. This yeah. would be lovely with uh, vegetables. When lo- something, something light, light, if I could describe Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Forget about meats or roasts no, or anything like no, that. No, is it? it yeah. It, save your money it's not going to go down mm. on that route at all it's very nice it's lovely don't let me say it's it, very it, nice it, don't it, let it, me dismiss it, it in really any way is. it is very nice there's no doubt about that it certainly is but as you say a different kettle of fish altogether but a lovely one so he's no more bottles of it no. in stony batter it's gone <laughs> and when it's gone it's gone you know that let's say That's that again it. That's yeah right. so it's not there but you know, in, in a way, you're bringing an interesting aspect to us here now with, with the last two features, the previous one and this one, when you do bring the, the non-alcohol with it. It's interesting. It's different. It is, Jerry, And, and you know, it is a growing market. We have to cater for that. I was listening yes. on the way here to the radio and there was discussions on whether the because you can advertise that now. Mm. Uh, now there's big discussions whether it should be advertised or not. Guinness, of course, with a zero, zero uh, yeah. beer. But, you know, uh, I mean, these are big businesses. They need to advertise. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just not too sure, you know, where we're going to end with this if this carries on because already they they can store it outside the designated area. That's right. You know, are we now going to ask them to go back and put them inside? You know, there there has to be a limit. Yeah, there has to be indeed. Anyway, if you're stony batter away in Dublin or you're listening to us and we do have lots of listeners in the city today, the drink store, Richard will look after you there with uh, all your requirements. Love them, Rick. Pinot Noir, Oh, wonderful grape. So versatile. North or south, well, there's different aspects to it. Uh, But uh, we'll enjoy your recommendations for sure, Rick. Until next month. You're so good to us, Rick Grange. Thank you very much for dropping in. Really appreciate it. See you next month. It is, of course, the theme song from Countdown. I said I'm back watching it when Anne Robinson took over. Will you give me a break? I told you here on this show that she wouldn't last a wet week and she didn't. She was absolutely awful on the programme. Sorry to say she was very good at Weakest Link and that, but in Countdown, she just didn't fit at all. And again, you know, I suppose they wanted to put a woman in to uh, head the show up. But anyway, it's back in the safe hands of Colin Murray, who gets on great with the uh, two girls on the show and it's just wonderful to have him there he's simply brilliant he really is I tape it every day I record it should I say and I watch it each evening I love it I love it I'm great at the numbers I can do the calculations in my head no bother the conundrum I'm useless at and I'm not give the number give the letters a go now and again but I'm, I'm not terrific at them either I have to say anyway countdown it is and our gift today heads to Barbara Smith well done to you thanks you got it right countdown and thanks to everybody who joined in the fun on late lunch we'll have another one for you next Friday afternoon now the number Number one in my top five. Let's do it. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... Yes, today we're talking about the number one from this week in 1988. And it is a favourite of mine. You see, this song was released on the 29th of December, 1987. Why would you release a song on a day like that? I don't know. It's my daughter's birthday. That's why they released it on that day. Happy birthday in advance, Sarah. Anyway, the 29th of December was released in 1987. It was five weeks on the UK charts before it climbed to number one. And then it stayed at number one for five more weeks written and produced by stock aiken waterman from the album simply called kylie why wouldn't i be so happy that it's my number one this week yes i should be so lucky it's miss kylie minogue number one in the top five countdown this very week
Miss Kylie Minogue. Number one in my top five countdown from this week in 1988. I am so lucky that she was number one that week. God, if you go to a Kylie concert, she has to sing that. She has to do it. She'll be clambering for all the uh, old goldie, oldie songs from her. And she does a new stuff on that as well. But it's a standard with Miss Kylie Minogue for sure. Next week, I'll have a look at another uh, year. And uh, the week next week, what's top making top five? And we'll go with it from Monday, round about this time. Busy weekend of sporting action ahead. David Sheehan's on the line. Afternoon again, David. How are you, Jerry? Thanks for joining me on the show again today. Let's get straight to business. Soccer first. League of Ireland Premier Division tonight. Drogheda United at home to the champions. Shamrock Rovers. Well, Rovers, red hot favourites, David. Red hot favourites, but we know what happened last year um, at what was then head in the game park. Weavers Park now, 1-0 win for Drogheda. Uh, Ryan Brennan with the header. And, and Drogheda, you know, performed very well against Rovers last year across the board. They were beaten by them early in the season in Tallow, but they got a draw there later in the season. So they've been sticky enough opponents for Rovers and in the Cup last year as well took them to extra time uh, obviously Drogheda have seen a few changes since then but I'd say they'll make life difficult it's a tight enough pitch there but look be re- being realistic you'd have to you'd have to fancy Shamrock Rovers but look Drogheda have surprised us before I think they'll put in a good performance some good performances last weekend from a few of the new players Connor Keeley in particular so I think they'll make life difficult but I think Shamrock Rovers will, will, will just squeeze past them maybe maybe 1-0 1-2-1 something like that but I think Rovers will get the win Dundalk are in Dalymount Park this evening a lot going on off the field with Dundalk at the moment uh, but on the field draw last week with UCD Bohemians won in Cork the top of the league they were the only winners last weekend this is a tough one for Dundalk, Dundalk. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know how much we could take out of last week's win for Bowes. I, I watched that game, but Cork were, were quite poor, and I think they might struggle looking at looking at the performance they put in last week very early to be deciding that sort of stuff, I suppose. But good win for Bowes, second divine in there now, and it's kind of refreshed things a little bit. They've brought a few new players in. They were crying out for some defensive cover, and they got a, a centre-back in there during the week, a Polish centre-back in. So, yeah, that, that'll be a tricky one. Dundalk really disappointed with the performance last weekend. They brought in a couple of new players during the week as well. I think that's seven or eight now that Stephen Donald has managed to bring in. You mentioned the off the field stuff they released a statement earlier on to try and calm the fears of the uh, fans around a possible takeover but I suppose the players have to put all of that to the back of their minds it'll be a, a fiery one I think it was a high score and draw there last year around the same time of the season at the beginning so I think Bowes will have their tails up after last weekend but I think another another one all two all draw there wouldn't be out of the question I, I fancy Dundalk to up their levels a bit from last weekend and to take a point at least out of that one Let's have a look at the Premier League briefly and the top two. Arsenal, what a dramatic game last week with Aston Villa and at the same time Manchester City being held by Nottingham Forest. Remarkable game that they didn't win it. And they're both on the road this weekend. Leicester-Arsenal, Leicester are much improved. Could have been two or three up against Manchester United but lost the game. It's another big ask for the Gunners. Yeah, a tricky one and remarkable win for them last week, really. And poor old Emmy Martinez. I'm sure your heart was breaking for him when the ball hit him in the back of the head and went in. But yeah, so um, it was a tough one for them last week. They got over the line. But Leicester, yeah, Leicester tricky enough opponents. They have improved. Um, they were they were good against United up to a point, as you said, should have been ahead, but didn't take their chances. And look, Jerry, it's 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 going to be a tough game for them. But realistically, Leicester are in, are in 14th position in the table. They're 30 points behind Arsenal. If Arsenal have any serious ambitions of winning this league, which they do, then they have to be going to the King Power and coming away with a win. That's the long and the short of it, as they did last week. Um, If they're serious about winning this title, these are the games they need to be winning. So I'm going to have to say Arsenal to win, let's hope so anyway. And City can't be as goal-shy as last week down on the south coast against Bournemouth. That's an away win, isn't it? Yeah, well, we said the same last week. I mean, I did point to Forest kind of uptaking form last week. I still thought City would win it. But... uh, yeah, you'd have to fancy City to beat Bournemouth away, but this is why we love this this league and we love football, Jerry. Unpredictability, <laughs> but yeah, seventeenth place in the league, surely City win that game. And just a word about the League Cup final: Manchester United they're in a great run at the moment. Brilliant win over Barcelona last night. Newcastle they're indifferent at the moment, and they won't have their first choice keeper at Wembley. Is it United's cup? Can Newcastle at last win a significant piece of silverware? They won't have their first, second or third choice goalkeeper in Newcastle. It's an absolutely incredible. I won't go into it. We'll be here for about 10 minutes. But <laughs> Dubravka, played, Dubravka played for United while he was on loan there in this competition earlier in the season. So he's cup tied. I think they loaned another goalkeeper out. So Lars Karius, who's the four choices, is now going to play. 
Um, an incredible turn of events to see Tim starting. But I think United, certainly Manchester United, that is, not to offend any Newcastle United fans. Mm. I think Manchester United, the form they're in, Newcastle have gone through a little bit of a slump of late. And as, as you mentioned there, the goalkeeping situation. Maybe Carrius turns out to be the hero and makes up for that Champions League final a few years ago. But you'd have to fancy Manchester United to win that one. Um, and I think a lot of people, even if they're not United fans, might be hoping United win it, given the ownership situation at Newcastle. But uh, it should be a cracking game. It'll be a massive crowd from from both sides out of particularly Newcastle. Great atmosphere. But I think Manchester United to, to nick that one, maybe 2-1. Now let's turn our attentions to GAA and there's only one show in town here in the North East the weekend. It's Meath against Louth in Division 2 of the National Football League. Louth winning against Limerick last week. Mind, mind you, it was tight in the end with a, a Limerick comeback. Meath were pulverised in Derry. Meath have four points, Louth have two. It's an intriguing encounter. Don't sound so happy about when you're using the word pulverised there with Meath last week, Sherry. <laughs> yeah, they... It's, it's days like this and weekends like this, uh, Sunday in particular, where, you know, I love being in the studio no more than yourself sitting in that seat. But Sunday, there's going to be a huge crowd in Navin. We saw the crowd that was there for the Clare game. Loud and Mead, you know, Mead with four points, Loud with two, as you said. Loud, unfortunate to not have at least four points. They were very unlucky to lose to Clare, threw that one away, ran Derry very close and then got a good win against Limerick. Mead opened with a win against Cork, a win against Clare at home. Um, but... Yeah, we're, we're poor last week. And they're going to come up against a loud side that, that's set up quite defensively, So, as Derry did last week. So how they're going to pick that apart, I suppose, is going to be key. Um, as I said, a huge crowd will be in there. I can see it being a really close game. It's a really hard one to call. I was there what, 11 years ago now when Loud came to Park Talton and relegated Mead when Banty was over them. If they were to win that game on Sunday, they'd be level on four points with Mead. It's a really tough one to call. We're not sure what sort of injury situations Mead are facing at the minute with, with the likes of Costello and Shane Walsh out the last few games. So I'm not sure if they're going to have one, one or both of those back. It would be key. If Shane Walsh was back, it would be a huge boost for them. But I'm not sure. Um, from Lowe's point of view, I suppose the goalkeeping situation has been the thing that's been getting a bit of uh, a bit of coverage in the last few weeks. A couple of the keepers dropped off the panel. Peter McStravick drafted in against Derry, who had never played and reliably informed by Colm Corrigan. Never played in goals for club or county prior to that. So... It's going to be really close. I think Loud might get a famous oh, win in Park Talton. Jerry. Oh, a Mead man tipping Loud to win in Park Talton. That has to be a first for sure. Anyway, sure, just to balance it, I'll go for Mead being a Loud man going and we'll keep it all uh, kosher here <laughs> this afternoon. Here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what about the ladies? Because both counties involved in the National League as well. Just in a quick word, uh, Mead uh, are away to Kerry. How's that going to go? Yeah, away to Kerry. Kerry had a really, really good win against Dublin last week. Mead, really surprisingly, I think, beaten by Mayo, hadn't won at all coming into that game. So you'd have to go with Kerry on that one. Mead away and Kerry with their tails up. I think Kerry, probably favourites. Loud have, uh, that's on Saturday, then on Sunday, Loud have Wexford as visitors. What about that one in Division yeah, 3? Loud absolutely flying, 100% record. A good one-point win against Kildare last weekend. Wexford, though, played four games and won three of them, so they're going to be in, in contention for promotion if they can get a win on Sunday as well. So, uh, look, Loud at home, as I said, absolutely flying at the minute, 100% record. So I'm going to go for Loud to keep it going, to keep the, the Kid Henry show on the road there mm. um, for, for the Loud ladies. Yeah, I think they'll get the win there. And just a word for the Six Nations. Ireland are in Italy tomorrow. They wouldn't want to underestimate Italy. They've improved. Mm, absolutely and missing Robbie Henshaw now who was ruled out there an hour or two ago so so he's gone Stuart McCloskey comes back into the team Ross Byrne at, at 10 with a real opportunity to kind of put down a marker and his first Six Nations start yeah look Ireland, Ireland When you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. They should win that game. They, you'd have to say they will win it, but it's, it's how much buy, I suppose, and what sort of a... We saw Italy putting in a really good performance against France, um, but I think Ireland will, will win that game reasonably comfortably. I think Italy might just be running out of, running out of legs a little bit as the competition goes on, but... Uh, yeah, I'd fancy Ireland to get that. They should be getting a bonus point win there anyway. Let's see what happens. The other game tomorrow, Wales-England. England there, would you go along with that? Wales are in a bit of bother, aren't they, at the moment? Wales are in, a, Wales are in an absolute mess. They've had, they've, mm. had, they've had such a turbulent build-up to this one with the potential strike that was only ruled out at the literally the 11th hour on, on Wednesday night. So, And even before that, they weren't playing particularly well. They've been shopping and changing. They went with experience the first day, went with youth the second day. All over the place, England should be winning that game reasonably comfortably. And the most intriguing game of the weekend, France against a wonderful Scotland side. I'm really looking forward to that game on Sunday. France or Scotland, who is it for you? Uh, that has the potential to be an absolute classic. I'm going to go for France just about, but I, I think that game could be could be the game of the weekend. I, I mean, probably not much competition, I suppose, from the other two games, but Scotland-France both love to play a bit of rugby, throw it around a bit, so... Yeah, worth watching. I think France just about, but it's going to be really close, I think. If you're not going along this evening, draw the Rovers, Bohemians, Dundalk, online on lmfm.ie and Sunday Sport, the centrepiece, Meath against Loud. Do join David. Thank you so much, David Sheehan. Enjoyed that preview as usual. See you next week. Thanks, Jerry. Take care of yourself. That's David Sheehan there. Uh, rounding off late lunch for another week. Big thank you to all our guests who joined us during the week. To you, our listeners who are with us every day. And to my, to my producer, Louise Walsh. I just couldn't do this without her. Thanks a million, Louise. Eddie Caffrey's on his way next here at The Drive. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new week of late lunch from 1.30. See you then. Have a lovely weekend. Mm-hmm.